0: I love it when you read to me. Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences. And they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
1: I am Janice Leibovitz and you are my People of the Book. And it's great to be back with you after a two-week break. I hope you had a great holiday, whatever it was that you were celebrating, whether it was matzah or Easter eggs, and I hope you were able to do it with loved ones, people who are special to you, and we still have one final long weekend for the season to go. So I hope you'll be enjoying that. I hope you've got some fun stuff planned, or I hope you'll be relaxing. But Whatever you're doing, I hope you'll be reading. There's always spare time to read and today I'm going to be sharing some reviews with you of some recent books that I've read that have been sent to me by publishers and suppliers and really it's thanks to them that I'm able to do this show and bring this show to you and I get inundated with books generally I'm sent a list on a monthly basis from publishers and I get to request what I think I'll enjoy so that I can bring those books and tell you about those books but still there's just never enough time to actually read everything and get all the reviews out. I can either read them, read the blurb, review them. It's it's just there's just never enough time. You know what? Um too many books, too little time. So let's hope that we get through some of them today and that you can choose something to add to your own reading list. I hope I've chosen a diverse enough selection so that there's something for everyone and something that appeals to a wide range of tastes and without wasting any more time, let's get into it. My first book is a book that I'm sure you have probably seen on the shelves. It's got an extremely eye-catching cover and it is called Lessons in Chemistry. It was sent to me with the compliments of Penguin Random House. It's a debut novel by Bonnie Garmus and it's as i said very bright cover you probably can't miss it if you walk into a bookshop and although it is a novel there is a lot of factual historical information in this book and although it's quite a hefty book you don't get put off by the size it's not that that major um, and it's it's one of those books that once you start it, you just can't put it down. You can't get enough of the main character. Her name is a, quite a, a strange sounding name. Her name is Elizabeth Zott. She is a fierce and fabulous female. She's quite intimidating. And let me set the scene for you. It's early 1960s California. And... Elizabeth is a scientist, but unfortunately, being a female scientist means that she is exposed to a lot of sexist, chauvinist behavior. And that was the way during that time. And we know that that exists today as well. And she needs to work twice as hard to prove herself and to be taken seriously. And even then, it's not good enough. And she goes through a series of really revolting behavior by misogynistic men. And she is determined that this is not going to stop her. She is going to achieve whatever it is she sets out to achieve. But how does she then end up being a single mom doing a television cooking show with housewives as her audience? That's a bit of a contradiction. You'll need to read the book to find out for yourself. But really, it's it's this is a book for everyone. You need to experience Elizabeth Zott fully she's just the most fabulous character she, it's a fun and humorous read you'll meet a socially awkward chemist named Calvin an intelligent little girl named mad and a, and a, just an amazing dog who is called 630 there's also a priest who lies and doubts his own christianity and you'll just giggle along and experience heartbreak and it's just the most delightful charming book It's hard to believe that it's a debut novel. This is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. You're listening to People of the Book. I love it
0: when you read me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz.
1: We are doing some book reviews today on People of the Book, and before the break. I was telling you about a book called Lessons in Chemistry, which was about the fabulous Elizabeth Zott and about how she landed up doing a cooking show and she taught women all over America. It's a novel. It's based on some factual history there. But she taught people cooking through the science of chemistry. And a book that... I wouldn't say it has a similar theme, but there, there's cooking involved. It's about food. It's called The Language of Food, and it's by Annabelle Abs. This one is published in South Africa. Well, it's um brought to you in South Africa by Jonathan Ball Publishers. It was actually sent to me by Exclusive Books. Thank you for that. And the Language of Food, although it is a novel, it's it's been fictionalized, very much based in historical fact. And this is based in England in the early 1800s. And the main character is based on a real-life figure from history. Her name is Eliza Acton. Eliza wanted to be a poet. She was a poet. And she did privately publish her own publications of poetry, which was a huge embarrassment to her mother at the time um, because that was not what a lady did Um, a lady was brought up to not go near a kitchen she didn't write she didn't she she was brought up to to marry and run her staff and her household but Eliza attempts to have her poetry published in the mainstream but is told by her publisher to write a cookery book Because he feels that that's probably what his public are going to want at the time. And she absolutely refuses. She says she's not going to degrade herself by writing a cookery book. But she returns home and discovers that her father has become bankrupt. It all happens at around the same time. He's forced to flee the country and she needs to earn a living The family is extremely embarrassed. Her sisters need to go into service as governesses. And despite never having cooked, um, because as I said, ladies of the household never actually went into the kitchen, um, she's determined to learn. And she hires a young girl, a destitute young girl by the name of Anne Kirby, to help her in the kitchen, much to her mother's absolute horror, And together they discover a mutual talent and passion for cooking and for recipe writing. And Anne herself also finds a voice of her own. And a strong bond of friendship is formed between the two women. Now, many people might know or might remember or think that one of the first recipe books ever developed was by a Mrs. Beaton. It turns out that Mrs. Beaton actually took Eliza Acton's recipe book, which was eventually published after much research, and and it took years. But she took many of Eliza Acton's recipes and plagiarized them. What she had done was Eliza Acton was the first person who actually formulated how a recipe was developed. She was the first person who created how a recipe should be written down with the method and the ingredients. The only thing Mrs. Beaton actually did was she took the ingredients that Eliza Acton put at the bottom of a recipe and she put the ingredients at the top of the recipe. So as we know recipes to be written today with ingredients at the top and then the method, that's how Mrs. Beaton created her book. Eliza Acton being the first person to actually create a recipe book a cookery book with recipes being put down like that because when her research she was looking at old cookery books and they just didn't work for her she said nothing was was nothing made sense like put some of this in put some of that in nothing was there was no amount no she just she couldn't follow it she says no wonder everything tastes horrific and mrs beaton who many people thought was the first person to put together a proper recipe book with proper methodical recipes, actually plagiarized many of her ideas from Eliza Acton. This book, The Language of Food, similar to The Lessons in Chemistry, is one of those books, once you put it down, you won't be able to stop reading it. It's The Language of Food, and it's by Annabelle Abbs. Staying on the topic of food... A fabulous book by a local author, um, she's based in Durban, is a book called Stirring the Pot. And it's by Koresha Darwood, actually Dr. Koresha Darwood, although she doesn't credit herself with that title on the cover. And although it is a work of fiction, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean there's no truth or fact within it. Uh, It started out the basis of the book started out as her academic thesis. And once she wrote that thesis, she realized that there was so much more, uh, so much more intriguing fact that needed to be investigated. It centers around relationships between Muslim women and their domestic helpers in a building uh, uh, in Durban. And really it's, it's a madam and maid dynamic. And it it could be any community, but but specifically this is Muslim women and their domestic helpers. The women living in their apartments, some of the domestic helpers who stay in what has been converted into rooms below the apartments in what were garages. And the story is also another beautiful, colorful cover, very eye-catching cover. And they, they live in a block of flats on the Durban beachfront called Summit Terrace. And it's about a few individual women and their relationships with religion, their family members, members um, of the community, and the relationships between husbands and wives. And the fact that you really, although they they live so close together, you never really know what's going on behind closed doors. It's about um, uh, politics of the time, morale, religious dilemmas, and there's very much the presence of food after each chapter there's actually a recipe from each of the the individual characters in the book. There's also a lot about about rich ritual, what it means to each of the characters, the richness, and what it adds to their lives um how they support each other and it's really it's it's very South African readers will very much relate to it um There's a lot of insight that that can be gained it's a it's really a cultural journey it's it's a fabulous book and it's very relatable, specifically for, for South African readers. And um, it doesn't matter if you are not part of the Muslim community, there's so much to learn here. And as I say, at the heart of the book is, is this relationship between the madams, the maids, and the relationships between women themselves and, and friendships. It's, it's about female friendship, specifically. It's a fabulous read. It's stirring the pot. By Kuresha Darwood. You're
0: listening to People of the
1: Book. I love
0: it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
1: I'm Janice Leibovitz, and you are listening to People of the Book. And today I am doing some book reviews. Books from the many publishers who send me books to read on a monthly basis and I thank them for that without them there wouldn't be a show and the publishers who I receive books from generally Penguin Random House, Jonathan Ball, Pan Macmillan, NB publishers and also exclusive books who send me books on a monthly basis and all the books I'm telling you about today are available at Exclusive Books. So before the break i was talking about books that generally related to food let's get on to a bit more of a thrilling read so here are some books that will have you gasping sitting on the edge of your seat turning pages at a rapid rate and the first one is called the curfew it's by tm logan if you are familiar with his writing He really writes page turners. They are gobsmacking page turners that will have you reading late into the night and actually reluctant to switch off your light because then you're nervous about what's what's lurking in the dark. It was sent to me by Jonathan Ball Publishers, and it's about a teenager who doesn't make it home on time. And to just read the blurb of the book, The father is saying, I should have known something was wrong. I should have sensed it, felt it in the air like the build-up of pressure before a thunderstorm, that heavy, loaded calm. Andy and Laura are good parents. They tell their son Connor that he can go out with friends to celebrate completing his exams, but he must be home by midnight. When Connor misses his curfew, it sets off a series of events that will change the lives of five families forever. Because five teenagers went into the woods that night, but only four came out. And telling the truth might mean losing everything. What would you do? It's really, he's a great writer. And he's described as, as master of the up all night thriller. And it's really a perfect description of, of his books. Um, Andy and Laura have never had issues with parenting their teenage son, Connor. This This is my review here. And now that he's 16, he's finished his GCSE exams. They're happy to allow him to go out and celebrate with his cousin and best friend, Zach, as long as he's home by midnight. And when Andy wakes up in the early hours of the morning, he feels very uneasy. Something's not right, and he's convinced that Connor didn't come home. So he goes to check on him and he sees that he is actually asleep in his bed, although, on further inspection, he discovers that the porch light was left on. So he figures that this is the reason for his unease and he leaves it at that, reminding himself to give his son a telling off about it later in the day. And he goes back to bed. But something continues to niggle at him. And that sense of unease actually prevails throughout most of the book. And so begins this pacey thriller that will have you holding your breath, turning pages and gasping all at the same time. It's a story about trust, friendship, loyalty, family, and the power of social media and technology. But ultimately, it's a story about how far you're willing to go To truly be there when those who you love really need you. It's the story of five teenagers who are not necessarily all friends who decide to leave a party and go off into the woods together. And then only four of those teens come out. Andy and Laura are convinced that they know everything there is to know about Connor. Really? Do we know everything there is to know about our teens? Don't kid yourself, parents. After all, he's always been a good boy. But now he's mixed up in an incident that happened that night in the woods and they have no idea how to help him because it seems that whatever they say or do, Connor is being dragged deeper and deeper into trouble. The odds are certainly stacked against him and he seems intent on helping to dig his own grave. Worst of all, Andy's biggest supporter and closest ally, his brother Ben, seems to have turned against them all in their hour of need because Ben's son, Zach, has a role to play in all of this and it soon becomes clear to Andy that Ben is less interested in Connor's dire situation and more concerned with focusing on Zach and his own needs. But isn't that the way it should be because Ben's protecting his own son? So we hear aspects of the story told from perspectives perspectives of each of the teens involved, but mainly... From the points of view of Andy, Laura and Harriet, Connor's younger sister, who for me was the standout hero of this piece. If I was ever in a pickle, I'd want her in my corner. The narrative of this book is very character driven and each voice is extremely distinctive. You you feel like you can almost hear them. And as with all of T.M. Logan's books, there are twists and turns aplenty. You'll second guess yourself numerous times throughout, which is a sign of a really good thriller author and it's it's the type of book that you hoped is uh, you hope is actually option for the screen it would make excellent viewing but it's really a five-star must-read for the thriller genre that's the curfew by T M Logan and speaking about people who go into the woods and not all of them return the next book is One Step Too Far by Lisa Gardner. And this one was sent to me by Penguin Random House. And it's actually the second in a series. But really, if you haven't read the first one, it's not going to make any difference. So One Step Too Far, the second book in the Frankie Elkin series, the first book being Before She Disappeared. So I didn't read the first book and it really didn't make a difference to me. You are still going to be able to follow the story and it might, you know, if you want to get a bigger picture and an understanding of Frankie herself, you can go back and read the first book. But um, Frankie Elkin is a loner. She specializes in finding missing people. And in this book, she joins the search party of a young man for a young man who disappeared five years previously in the wilderness. It was during a stag party camping weekend and his sudden disappearance left a lot of questions unanswered and his father has never given up looking for him. So on the five year anniversary of his disappearance, a search party is put together and off they go resuming the search, hoping that they can still find some clues or even get some closure on his disappearance and Frankie finds out about this. And she joins this very diverse group all with their own interests and all with their different types of expertise that they bring to this party. But she is a novice hiker. She does not hike. She's never been into this area and there's a lot for her to learn and take into account both on a physical and social dynamic level. Um, She doesn't know any of these people although most of them do know each other peripherally, but she does need to prove to them that she's got some value to add. And there's a large cast of characters and personalities, especially in the beginning, you need to pay close attention. But the story unfolds, the tension and dynamics do intensify, and it becomes a real page turner. One of the characters, fascinatingly, is a Bigfoot hunter. And you really want a guy like that on your side. He knows the dark woods and he's an expert hiker. And some of the, the info that, that is shared is, is quite interesting, especially the concept of three. Did you know that if you are lost in the woods, I mean, I always assume that the first thing you need to look for is water or you need food. But the first thing you should look for is shelter. That's the most important thing. So um, that was something I learned from this book. Very interesting. Um, it's, it's really also very much, if, if you're a Lisa Gardner fan, I know there are many out there. This is one step too far. And thank you, Penguin Random House, for sending this one. Another book that was quite the page-turner is Other Parents by Sarah Stovall, a page-turner which, which was... Totally out of uh, out of the park for me. This was sent to me by Jonathan Ball Publishers, and it's extremely different, um, quite a unique book. the The theme was uh, I don't even know how to describe the book. It's just very different. So it's a small town. I love books about small towns. There's always so much that goes on um, behind those closed doors and and you know undercover. And it's a small town called West. Ventridge and you know when you know, you you sneeze and your neighbour says bless you and it's impossible to keep a secret and there are so many secrets in small towns. I just love them. So one of the main characters, her name is Rachel, and she knows gossip is the price you pay for a rural lifestyle and sending your children to the best school in the area. And the latest town scandal is her divorce. Not only that, the fact that her new girlfriend has moved into the family home. Laura lives in a pokey bedsit on the wrong side of town. And she and her son Max don't really belong to this little village where really everyone's looking down their nose at everyone else while they are clinking champagne glasses with each other. So she and her son, Max, don't really belong there. He has these violent tantrums and they are threatening to expose everything that Laura is actually trying to hide. She's a single mother in her mid-20s and her son is only five years old. And Laura's trying to fit in and protect all her secrets. But even though she's on the PTA and we all know that that PTAs are a hotbed of of secrets and lies, when the local school introduces an inclusive curriculum, Rachel and Laura find themselves on opposite sides of a fearsome debate. Problem is, though, that having your nose in everyone else's business is that you often miss what is happening in your own home. Now, when I say inclusive curriculum, the school is looking to include in their curriculum an LGBTQT, uh, I'm not sure if I got that right, a curriculum that, in actual fact, it's not only their school, it's a national curriculum that's going to be included. But this school in particular is having a debate on whether that curriculum should be included with their school and what are they going to do if it's enforced and if you don't want your child to participate in that. Is there an, an opt-out um clause, you know, what are you gonna do? And it's it's a fascinating book. Also a lot about family relationships, a lot about how do you know what your teens up to, do you know your child? It's fabulous. As I say, extremely unique. Um, I've really just given you the gist of it because to tell you more would be to give it away. I don't want to give spoilers. And really go out and look for this one. Other parents By Sarah Stovall. The next one I'm sure you have heard a lot about. And it's called The Milk Tart Murders. If you're a Tani Maria Mysteries fan, um, and you'll know all about this, and you've probably been, you were probably waiting for the release. If you read Recipes for Love and Murder, The Satanic Mechanic Death on the Limpopo, those were the first three books. You've probably been watching the series. Um, which is on a Sunday night on Mnet, um, whether you are enjoying it or not, whether you agree with the the changes that have been made, whether, whatever, I'm not going to get into that right now. But um, it's a fabulous addition to the Tani Maria stable. It really is. And she's, Tani Maria is just this this fabulous, quirky, whimsical character and I didn't know whether to include this in this section, like, you know, thrillers and and um, you know, exciting stuff or food because the food is a character all on its own in, in Tani Maria's books. And this was also sent to me by Penguin Random House. It's by Sally Andrew, who herself is quite the character. Um, so Tani Maria is is someone who lives out on a farmhouse in in the Karoo and she works as an agony aunt for the local newspaper and she believes that with her advice that she dispenses, she can also help by dispensing a recipe because food also helps to heal hearts that are a bit bruised and battered. And she has a lovely um, partner, boyfriend Henk, who is also the police officer she has her friend who she works with Jesse and if you've read the rest of the series this is like a homecoming it really is it's it's warm and fuzzy and you'll you'll feel like like you've come home so almost at the beginning of the book someone is murdered there are twists there are turns there's journalistic investigations which is fantastic because i mean you know she's she's a tunny. She really is a tunny. And Jessie, who who works at the paper with her, who is an investigative journalist, which I mean the term is very loose because it's a small Karoo town. It's very quiet. How much goes on there? And she really tries to rustle up as much excitement as she can. And and the police really battle to deal with them while they try and solve a murder case. And it's just a fabulous read. And it, you. It's another one that that you just stay up reading it because it's page turning and you just, the characters are so lovable and so, it's comfortable, it's easy reading. And Tunny is just a down home, earthy, homegrown character. She's just, she's divine. And I highly recommend this. It's uh, The Milk Tart Murders, another Tunny Maria mystery. And it's by Sally Andrew. If you are into creepy-type reads, I would highly recommend that you look for a book called Hair House by Sally Hinchcliffe. And I'm going to keep you in suspense, and we're going to take a break. I'll tell you about it after this. I love it
0: when you read to me This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz.
1: I'm Janice Leibovitz, and you're listening to People of the Book. We're doing some book reviews today, and before the break, I was keeping you in suspense. I said, if you like your thrillers and, um, you know, chilling books with a bit of supernatural spark thrown in, go and look for a book called *Hare House by Sally Hinchcliffe. And when I say hair, I mean hair as in the rabbit kind of hair, H-A-R-E. And this was sent to me by Pan Macmillan. Thank you so much. And this was really a, ch- a chilling book with a bit of, you know, Scottish Highlands and a bit of witchcraft thrown in. Um, a lot of it was, uh, I think, left unexplained, but I think that is the nature of this kind of book. And when I first read the blurb of it, I thought, is this real? Is it true? But It's not. Because the back of the book says "Hare House is not its real name, of course. I have, if you will forgive me, kept names to a minimum here for reasons which will be understandable. And um, no, it's it's completely fiction. although I'm sure that that books like this do take a lot from from Scottish myth and, you know, historical tales and all of that. But as far as I could find, the main character who narrates the book is never actually named. She's a woman who arrives to make a new life for herself in a remote corner of southwest Scotland after she is let go from her job as a teacher under uh, very mysterious circumstances, which are explained in the book. Um, And she, she wants to keep that secret and... She wants to move on, and she moves into a cottage on the beautiful Hare House estate and starts to explore her new home. Initially, she intended being there for a temporary residence, but lands up staying. But the rolling moorlands and dark forests, uh, she discovers that something sinister is lurking, and she hears local tales of witchcraft, young men going mad, and... Strange things happen even in the full light of day and she becomes quite close to to the residence of the house and um, which is Grant and uh, his teenage willful teenage sister Cass and there were a lot of gothic undertones sinister hints and suggestions and uh, I, I was really reading this late into the night actually it was early morning and um, she has this really grouchy neighbor, Janet, who's this very unlikable character. But she's, you wonder, th- there's a lot that you, you're left wondering about Janet. And other characters who drift in and out of daily life. And the this, this simple country estate and the escape that she was anticipating doesn't really work out like she was expecting. There's witches and old curses and there's a woman that she keeps meeting with two dogs when she goes for her walks in the, in, the, in the woods, the nearby woods. And you are kind of left to wonder about her. And to be honest, I'm still, still wondering about her. But then harsh conditions, winter approaches and a snow, snowstorm traps her in the main house with Grant and with his sister Cass and with a few other characters And you start to wonder who's actually at risk here what is actually going on and i really highly recommend this read if you don't like creepy kind of whispery sinister books it's not for you but if that is your cup of tea hair house by sally hinchcliffe is right up your alley and i would highly highly recommend it a local book which thoroughly enjoyable fun although it does have Serious Undertones is Two Tons of Fun by Fred Camalo. And what fascinates me about Two Tons of Fun is Fred Camalo. I mean, he is highly respected, a highly, highly respected local writer. He's an academic, a very intellectual gentleman. This was sent to me by Penguin Random House once again. Thank you. and. What fascinated me me most about this book is that Fred writes as a teenage girl living in Alex Township, which he quite clearly is not. And he really gets into her head and he really gets into the workings of her mind and her lifestyle and her community. And that fascinated me the most. And I was lucky enough to go to um, one of his book launches, and asked him how he actually achieved this. And a lot of it was done by, uh, a few years ago, he was lucky enough to be taking, he, he was the one who took his daughters to school and he used to listen to their conversations. He used to try get into their heads. And when he was writing this book, he used to run a lot of stuff by them and he used to ask them, you know, can I say this? Can I say that? And they used to say to him, no, no one talks like that anymore. You can't say this. You'll sound ridiculous. Rather say that. And he used to get a lot of assistance from his his daughters, who are older now. And um, this was how he managed to... And the voice is spot on, apparently. I, too, am not a teenage girl living in Alex. But apparently, spot on. And you can tell. It's, it's just... It's so genuine. It's 100% authentic. And... Um, it's about Lerato, she's fourteen, and it starts off with a car colliding with a Coca-Cola truck in, in Alexandra Township. And it's hilarious. It's described as residents are carrying off their plastic Shangan Gucci bags with and, and other bystanders, she's helping the injured truck driver. Whereas her mother is telling her, you know, what are you doing standing there? Just Collect, collect, you know, we're shopping here. And the the most interesting thing is he wrote this long before all that looting happened last year. Someone actually asked him at this book launch whether he based this on all the looting incidents that happened last year. And he had written this long before. But through this incident of the Coca-Cola truck um, overturning and everyone, you know, carting off all all the stuff that was in the truck, she meets someone who lives in Number 80, which is the only house in her neighborhood that actually has a street address. And uh, it's her name is Professor Ngobesi. She's the matriarch of the family who lives at that address. And they are actually known as the white people. They are not white people. And uh, she becomes very friendly with with, with the, the, her daughter, Janine. And she starts to see a completely different lifestyle that could possibly be available to her. And she has never understood that there are black people who live different lifestyles and how and why they live those lifestyles. And firstly, why those people also choose to live in the township. And it's really a fantastic book. This is um, from Fred Kumalo and it's called Two Tons of Fun. And I highly recommend it. It's from Penguin Random House. You're listening to People of the Book and I'm doing some book reviews today. I love it
0: when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
1: I'm Janice Leibovitz and I'm back with People of the Book. Today I have been giving you some book reviews of recent books that I've read and received over the past couple of months from the publishers who keep me supplied with books so that I'm able to bring you this show. And really, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate all the books that I receive from these publishers because, as I say, without them, there wouldn't be a show. So thank you so much. Penguin Random House, Pan McMillan, Jonathan Ball, um, Exclusive Books, and really all these books are available at Exclusive Books. As I say, every month I get sent lists. I get to choose um, and request the books that I think I would enjoy the most. And um, these are the books that I bring to you. I also thank these publishers so much for sending me the authors who I interview. And these are the ones that I bring to you on a weekly basis. So, I mean, without that, again, there wouldn't be a show. And really, it's been a privilege to to be able to chat to such interesting authors over the last couple of years um so this book that i am about to tell you about you might have watched devil's which was on Showmax. um i can't remember when it was i think last year i think it had the country absolutely enthralled and before that when the actual case was going on for some reason i have no recall of when it happened and it was pretty recent i think 2016 17 so in the quite recent past um krugersdorp satanic murders devil's dorp was this this mini series that had us absolutely gripped and the book was released this week called on the devil's trail it's by ben Blixom Boysen, And if you did watch the series, you'll remember that he was the cop who actually took on the case in 2016. I was privileged to go to the launch earlier this week. It is fascinating. It's also published in Afrikaans. Uh, Sorry, I do not have the Afrikaans title with me right now. But all I can tell you is, this is a book, if you are interested in true crime, this is the book you need to have. Um, It was sent to me by NB Publishers. NB Publishers are a division of Media24. The book is actually published by Melinda Ferguson, who, once she heard of this, went tracking down Captain Ben Boyson and insisted that he needed to publish a book. And what fascinates me about this book is that normally when a book is ghostwritten, you never know who the ghostwriter is. But this book... Um, They are very open about the ghostwriter. Her name is Nikki Gulesh. She is the assistant editor for news investigations and projects at the Sunday Times. And she was also part of the the interview at the book launch. And she spoke about how... I mean, she has ghostwritten other books in the past. And she spoke about how easy her job was to ghostwrite this book because Ben Boyson's notes and dockets and all his um, information on this case were so meticulous. And and how fabulous his work was, and how amazing his, his memory is on everything, and how just incredible he is to work with, and how easy he made her job. Um, for those who don't know, if you don't know about this case, um, it, Ben Boyson took on the Krugersdorp killers case in two thousand and sixteen. Um, after the the state had failed to arrest. Those responsible for the killing spree that began actually in 2012, terrorizing the inhabitants of the West Rand town. And by the time he took over, 11 people had been brutally murdered by a group calling themselves Electus Per Deus. And he is actually the son of a man. He is the most humble, humble person. But what he's achieved is just incredible. He actually has recently resigned, he was a captain with the Hawks. And I think when he announced that, nobody really knew that. And there was an audible gasp from quite a large crowd that had gathered there for this launch. And he, he's just humble. He, he's, he's even reluctant to talk about what he's achieved. He kind of says, well, he, he thinks, you know, well, wouldn't any, anyone have done the same? But clearly not, because he only took on this case after numerous police So, as I say, if you are a true crime lover and if you were gripped by Devil's Dorp, as many of us were, this is the book to get. It's newly released this week. It's called On the Devil's Trail by Ben Blixham Boyson. And that's all we have time for. I hope that there was something um, among these reviews. I hope that there was a book here that that appealed to you. I hope there's something you can add to your um, to-be-read list. And I hope there's something that you liked and that appealed. And I hope, as I said, that you enjoy this one last long weekend that we have left for the season. And take it easy. Look after yourself. Take care and take care of each other. Get vaccinated. Boosted if you can. Um, Not sure about the mask thing anymore. Wear it. Don't wear it wherever you are. And just enjoy and read a book.